This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to have one of those days that I just really enjoy so much because we're going to be talking about something that I know virtually nothing about. I'm not even sure I know enough to say that I know enough to be dangerous. Um, Or maybe that is the thing. I really do know enough just to really be dangerous on this. Um, But it's going to be so interesting because it is a way that I think many people never consider as a way to make a little bit of money on the side or a whole bunch of money on the, you know, and as, as their full-time business and, and occupation. And so we're going to be talking about real estate and how to be using it as an investment tool. So please join me in welcoming Chris Prefontaine to our program. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Well, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Chris Prefontaine is the best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms. A real estate investor with over 27 years' experience in the field, Chris is the founder of Smart Real Estate Coach and host of the Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. He lives in Newport, Rhode Island with his wife, Kim, and their family. Chris operates the family business with his son, Nick, his daughter, Kayla, his son-in-law, Zach, and an amazing team. Together, they are co-authoring the book, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, which will be released later in 2019. He has been a big advocate of constant education. He and his family mentor, coach, consult, and actually partner with students around the country, teaching them to do exactly what his company does. Between their existing associates nationwide and their own deals, Chris and his family are still acquiring five to 10 properties every month and control, get this folks, between 20 and $30 million worth of real estate deals, all done on terms without using their own cash, credit, or signing for loans. Okay, now that I really picked Peaked people's interest, Chris. Welcome to our program. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Well, tell us how you got started in this because this really is a fascinating business. Well, this end of things, and we can go back to any details you want. When I say this end, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole structuring of the terms deals, buying without banks, Mm -hmm. um, that's been since 2012. And that was a direct result of the real estate market tanking in 2008 me getting caught up in that whirlwind and then mm-hmm. having to re-engineer the business and never go back there again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it all got prompted, which is always neat to see a stumbling block followed by something really cool that was changed right. because of the stumbling. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talk about that in your book that you, you, you had had a very successful company and real estate changed. I mean, you know, we all know in, in uh, 2008-ish, the, the market went, you know, crashing down for a variety of reasons. 
And what I loved about it was you got in some pretty serious financial difficulties. You did not declare bankruptcy. You didn't, you know, just toss up your hands and say, what? Well, no, sorry, that didn't work. You got yourself out of it, um, you know, and, and clearly it was a lot of hard work. But a big part of what you learned during that is what then became your business now. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, now I can say I never threw up my arms. I threw up my arms a lot. I just Right, I, right. And, and went, <laughs> ah, probably yeah, a lot too. I just, uh-huh. I just didn't file bankruptcy. But mm-hmm. um, so, okay, so I hope this answers it. If not, go back for me. But the bottom line is all of the headaches that were sparked from the 2008 crash nationally mm-hmm were revolving around personally signing on bank loans, so therefore they can come back to you for your personal assets. Mm -hmm. Um, It had to do with over-leveraged properties, you know, all the things that conventional buyers think they have to do, put a a standard Mm -hmm. deposit down, the rest Mm -hmm. gets financed, Mm -hmm. you're on it personally. And so we then said, what can we do? And over time, structure the business to be what it is now, which is we only buy with what we call lease purchase, Okay. Or owner financing. Mm-hmm. Both of those don't require a bank. The building mm-hmm. I'm sitting in right now, talking to you, we recently purchased for our own offices, and that was done without a bank. And, wow. and, and you know, my son-in-law Zach and Kayla have their home now. They've been in it, I think, almost a year. That mm-hmm. was done on lease purchase. So mm-hmm. we do what we say we do. We do it personally in business now, and mm-hmm. it's and it's a lot better to put your head on the pillow at night knowing that you're not on all these loans personally. That's for sure. I can tell anyone that mm-hmm. who signed on a loan before. So I don't know if that answers your, your question originally. It, it does. You know, and and you know, one of the things that struck me as I was reading your book was to in order to do what we're going to discuss that, that you do um, with real estate, you have to obviously take it seriously. And there are some steps that we're going to talk about and things that you, know, you need to make sure that you're not missing. But yeah. You need to set it up as a business, you know, and you mentioned there at the start that you had signed for things personally and, and all those various things. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading through your book and I thought, okay, so one of the first things if someone really wants to do this that they would need to do would be to set up a company. And we're not going to go into a lot of detail on that because we've talked about that on other programs, but part of that is a liability reason. I mean, you know, you don't want your own house being taken away or, you know, some, some things like that because, yeah. you know, let's, let's be honest, you know, real estate can fluctuate, but you know, you set it up as a business and, and you take those steps, whether it's an LLC, you know, whatever it is that, that you want to set up. And aside from anything else, then other people take you seriously. You know, I remember 20, 23, 24 years ago, when I was setting up my business, one of the things that uh, uh, an advisor told me was, if I didn't take myself seriously and set up as a business, then no one else would take me seriously either. Um, And and so that's, I think, one of the first steps that we want people to understand is, if you're going to do something like this, especially on this, you know, maybe the scale like, like you might do, you really do have to set this up as a corporation of, you know, of, of some, you know, to, to some degree, um, you know, and as I said, we've talked about that with other programs, what states can you incorporate in for, for good benefits, talk to your lawyers, all those various things. But, um, you know, so this really isn't something that you just decided, oh, hey, I think I'm going to jump into this. It really does take a lot of thought. And that's what I loved about your book. And let's say, let me get it up here so that we can see your <laughs> book. There it is. Da-da-da. Um, Great book, quick read, um, you know, and it's, it really does go through things very quickly. Now, obviously, if I were considering being uh, an investor, I would go back through it, take notes, read it very detailed. But it's, it's a great book to give somebody an idea of how they can become this real estate investor without, 
you know, leveraging your, your personal assets without giving yourself far too many sleepless nights, all these various things. Because as you say right in the title, you're going to do it on your terms. And you're meaning that word in, in a variety of ways. But you right. know, it's, it's great that, that you've got this book. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, a couple of things that you said are important to chat about. One is the, just the whole credibility and people taking you serious. You brought that up. Mm-hmm. The other piece of that is I, we teach our students to, to also join the BBB and we tell them how to right. and we actually mm-hmm. give them support to do that. Um, it, it just depends on what level they're in training with us. But mm-hmm. that's a big thing. The amount of people that actually check the, the state you're All in. Right. To see. Mm-hmm. Or an LLC and to, to see if you're a BBB is yeah. mind blowing. I, I never knew that until we did it, and then mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and then um, on the on your terms, you brought that up. That that is a broad term. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, how we buy, but I also mean your lifestyle too, right? right. On your terms, um, so that's pretty cool. And I, I don't know if I missed one of your points there, but I think those are super super mm-hmm. important. Part of the foundation that we set people up is exactly that. Let's get the get the company set up, mm-hmm. depending on where you are, on, like you said in the states. But also, let's make sure then we set up what's logically next, just lead generation and things like right. that. Obviously, and I love that you know you mentioned in your book that wherever you're doing this, you know, make sure you're doing it the correct legal way, um, you know, because laws vary by state. So we're going to go ahead yeah. and put a little disclaimer out there, you know, check with your own state to find out, um, you know, we do have foreign investor, you know, foreign listeners. And so they might become investors. So, you know, check into all of those things, just make sure that you're doing it right at the very start, rather than having to go back and, and start over. Yeah. And the other thing that comes to mind when you say that is whether you're listening for, this might be brand new to you in general, but if you're listening, you think I may want to jump into this as a business someday, fine. But also if you plan on buying your own house in the next, uh, you know, seven or 10 years, mm-hmm. one to 10 years, then you could utilize these, these techniques right. with your own home. Mm-hmm. Like I alluded to at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. that's super important. So it's good for anyone, just a matter of how aggressive you'd like to get. And then you had mentioned that, you know, obviously if you want to get more serious, then it's a little bit more than the book. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. So what we've done is we do the book and we have a free a free webinar. Why? Because I want people to dip their toe in. I don't want to spend mm-hmm. money until they know they want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they, they want to dive into this niche. Yeah. And of course, my first thought was, oh my gosh, this is complicated. I love the whole chapter you have on the yes buts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I initially thought, you know, it's, it's com- and it is complicated. You know, folks, we don't want to give you the wrong idea that, hey, this is something you can just start, you know, in, in your free time. It is something that is fairly complicated to do if you're going to, to make sure you've got it set up correctly. And, I mean, it's, it's a business, just like any other business. So you want to take the time to do it. But, you know, it really was fascinating to me to, to think, okay, now one of the, of course, one of the big yes buts that people have, I'm sure is, oh my gosh, Chris, that's going to cost so much money. I don't have that much money laying around, you know, and, and so talk to us a little bit about how this is something that really doesn't have to take your entire life savings to get going. Well, I mean, how we buy, I'll tell you what our standard contracts are written up as, and they're used in most states. The standard lease purchase contract is written up with a $10 deposit in it, literally $10. Mm -hmm. When you can also purchase this in, and this will get people thinking, in your self-directed IRAs as well. Mm -hmm. So there's no limit to the profit. You're limited to how much you can contribute to an IRA, but not how much you can profit. So you can actually do that in your IRA, in which case I say, look, put down maybe $100 or $500, but Mm -hmm. just to legitimize the IRA. But mm-hmm. um, you don't need money to, to do these deals. And I'm talking even when we purchase and we do owner financing, we don't put a deposit down. Now, 
are there exceptions to every everything I'm saying? Of course. Sure. We bought a million dollar home on the water. It was nine fifty, I think it was, on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And we did put down a down payment. A small mm-hmm. one, albeit, but we put down a down payment. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a percent. Right. So um, they, yeah, you don't need cash to do the deposit. Now, what do you need cash for? Well, you need some cash to get mm-hmm. trained, right? You need right. some cash mm-hmm. to generate leads, mm-hmm. but it's not a, it's not a lot. I'll give you a rough average. We have students doing anywhere from one to one and a half deals a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot when I tell you the average profit in a minute, mm-hmm. but their overhead's going to run on between 480 and $650 mm-hmm. a month. Right. Well, when Some you of those start are marketing costs, your phone, you know, things everything. like that. Yeah, just all the miscellaneous, $50 here, $70 mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the punchline with that. The average deal, all three paydays, you know what that means kind of because you read the book. Mm-hmm. There's three yeah. paydays per deal, cash now, cash monthly, mm-hmm. cash down the road. It's around 75000 for us. Yeah, we go around the country, low of forty five. That's out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. High of $110,000, 110000 That's in D.C., Okay. So we range from forty-five to one hundred and ten mm-hmm. um, per deal. So wow. you talk about an overhead of mm-hmm. five or six hundred bucks, and but they can do a deal a month mm-hmm. eventually. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool, right? Well, and and you know, eventually, I mean, you know, it is this thing where you have to to work your way up to it. And and right. you know, I love in the book you talk about some things that went wrong, you know, because yeah. things do go wrong, you know, and 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 some things like that. But let's let's kind of take you know some time to to go through some of the terms, you know, you mentioned lease to buy, lease to own. What does that mean? Okay. So let's say, let's pretend for a second that you have a home and mm-hmm. you have a home that has a mortgage on it. Right. And you either have mm-hmm. <laughs> most people. So you either have zero debt, uh, sorry, zero equity or some equity. Right. The, the lease purchase basically says, okay, let's use some numbers. Let's say you, it's $300,000 value and you owe two fifty. Okay. The lease purchase says, if we agree on the 300 value, the mm-hmm. lease purchase says, we will make your mortgage payment every single month after we install our buyer, mm-hmm. so we have it covered, and we will take care of maintenance, repairs, et cetera, because mm-hmm. we're passing that on to the buyer. At the end of the term, so on or before, let's say 36 months, your mortgage gets paid off by us, mm-hmm. and you get the $50,000 in equity that we agreed at the beginning was right. the equity amount you had. Mm-hmm. Now, that's pretty cool because- Remember I said we're paying off the mortgage and we're mm-hmm. giving them the 50. Mm-hmm. The mortgage is not what it was three years ago though when I'm done because mm-hmm. the principal balance comes down every month mm-hmm. like any mortgage and we get the benefit of that. And so that's a typical lease purchase. Now, how do you get that cashed out? How do you pay off the mortgage and give the 50? Because right, most people have a 30-year mortgage. So you're not taking this on for say 25 years. No, nor are we signing. This is important. I know you said it earlier and I did, but it's important for the listeners to know if they're not familiar. We're not assuming this loan either. The right. loan stays in the seller's name. They still Yes, you're sending them money. I'm actually going to send the, the mortgage company directly the mortgage payment. And uh-huh. my buyer, my tenant buyer, we call them because we're going to do all rent to own. Mm-hmm. My tenant buyer is paying me something above what I'm paying that mortgage company. That's my, mm-hmm. my monthly cash right. flow. You, you need to make money. That's the whole yeah, point. That's the idea. So, yep. like, if the mortgage is a thousand, you might charge twelve hundred. Correct. Is, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and and I like the concept of rent to own. And in your book, you talk about usually it's you know there, there's a variety of reasons for it, but it's you know a fairly short period of time, and then it it transitions into you know they're they're they actually own the house. You know, but my first thought was, does it end up costing them more? I mean, you know, I remember, and you know, there still are these companies that you know will rent you say a washing machine. And you look at the payment and you're, you're spending as much as you could buy like five washing machines over the, the term of the lease. So what are the benefits for someone to say, okay, hey, you know, I want to do rent to own. Yeah. 
Yeah, great question. So a bunch of benefits in no particular order. One is someone that needs a little credit enhancement or okay. repair. Mm-hmm. Repair means something happened, you know, a life event. Oh, yeah, things happen to people. They lose their job. They, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it happens. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, it's as high as 80%, 82% mm-hmm. in some markets that says they can't today walk into a bank and get a loan. That's a right. big number of buyers. Or they that get they a buy. loan that, that they can never pay off. And yep. they're gonna, then they're going to yep. really do more damage. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of those people that have given up. Now, let me let me clarify before we move into the next category. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of people that may call in a home that have bad credit, but they have bad credit because they've had 20 years of bad habits. That's not right. the buyer that that's a good buyer. Right, right. And the you're running is- credit checks on people. You know, let's let's make sure people understand this. You're not going into those going, oh, hey, this will work. No, you know those people are not a good risk and you're just politely sending them on their way. Yeah, now they can have bad credit if 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 we if we don't mind the story, like how did it get there? Right. And then we're going to send them. Some people, it's just they haven't had a job long enough to. Yeah. You know, uh, oh yeah, them. yeah. This, they call that some seasons credit. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then we get a mortgage ready plan for them so that they know. Okay, I'm going to work on this with your with your people you refer us to. Mm-hmm. We're going to get our credit up. You could also be uh, self-employed contractors. Uh, they were used to prior to 08 getting what they call stated income loans. You just walk in and you don't need to show tax returns or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done many of those in the years. So Mm -hmm. they, those don't exist anymore. They actually exist. The product does, but it's like eight or 9%. So it's not a a valid mortgage for the, for the first time home buyer, certainly. Mm -hmm. So those are two reasons. Other reasons would be, Hey, if I save more down payment, I can get a better rate or a better loan program. Mm -hmm. So it gives them time while they're renting rent to own to Mm -hmm. save uh, for down payment as well. And to your earlier question, Deb, or a comment about, um, does it cost them more? They're usually going to be paying around what they'd pay if they owned it. Maybe okay. sometimes slightly higher. It just depends mm-hmm. on, on what we have going on. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay the taxes. They're going to act and behave just like they own the home. Mm-hmm. The only difference is they don't have to get a mortgage yet. And the, the cool thing is they capture any market appreciation they're going to capture too, wow. just like if they owned. Nice. That's, that's pretty neat. You can't get that mm-hmm. renting. Right. Yeah. And you know, I mean, renting obviously has its benefits. Um, you know, my, my mother now rents, she's 86 years old, really makes sense for her to rent. Mm. Um, you know, and, and because aside from anything else, something goes wrong and she calls her landlord, um, you know, and, and he comes in and, and he fixes it. But for many people, I, I, home ownership really is good. And, and I, I think I saw something somewhere that said one of the biggest mistakes that millennials are making is they're not even thinking about home ownership. Right. And, you know, and, and this seems like it would be you know, a, a good consideration for them to make to think, hey, you know, we could rent to own and, and, you know, and, and all that money is actually going into the, the house. It's not that you, know, you, you hit that and you start over. No, it, it goes into it. Right. And they could actually, so some of the millennials uh, to that point um, haven't thought about it. So they haven't prepped credit mm-hmm. or saved it down. Both right. of those issues could be handled during the rent home program mm-hmm. and, and get them up to mortgage readiness, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember it was, it was probably a car loan the first time where I applied for a loan. I had several outstanding student loans that I was merely paying along like I was supposed to, but those automatically took a ding on my credit um, because it, you know, it was, it was debt that I, I owed. And so, you know, that was, is probably the case with many younger people, you know, <laughs> I don't fall in that category anymore, but <laughs> you know, it is where, you know, they have student loans, they have some things like that. And so they really don't have this stellar credit. So they just keep renting 
and and what they do is they kind of get themselves caught in that that endless circle of we just can't make enough. Yeah, and it does it just affects their debt to income ratio, right? Because mm-hmm. it's sitting out there, and that gives them time to pay that down. So part of the plan, for example, mm-hmm. could be great. You got three years. During that time, your income may increase a little bit. Your student loans are going to come down. So now your ratios are right. better for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And just think of this as, a, as an investor now for the people listening. So you're an investor and you have this buyer pool, 80% of the market in, mm-hmm. in some markets, it varies, that, that can't get a loan and you're, you can help them. Well, that's, right. that's pretty big demand. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to be. Right. You deal in, in you know, several different types of properties. You do single family homes, you do um, multifamily and, and you do commercial. And, and you know, so we might end up touching on, on all of those. But for most people, I'm assuming they're probably going to want to focus on just one. You know, so they're going to do single family homes or maybe they've got enough you know, money that they're going to do multifamily or, or you know, maybe they're really interested in commercial but you've been doing it a long time, you know, and, and so that's why you're able to do, you know, the, the, the variety of, of deals. Yeah, so a uh, good point. So on the residential uh, single family side, that's where we, we do focus and then teach, like you said, the new people coming in mm-hmm. to do that. Um, you're always going to, even even in a market pullback, you're always going to rent. In fact, rents go up then. So right. you can always fill the, uh, uh, you know, these singles. It's nice for them to know if they run into a six unit, a four unit, a, you know, an empty bill, they know where to turn. They can turn to our support. They can turn Mm -hmm. to us if they're one of our associates and we tell them, walk them through it. Or or we say, don't, if it's not worth it, you know, people bring us land and, and want us to do it. Yeah, you look at it and go, "Mm, no, there's a reason it's It's not going to pay you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's cool to have on the side, but it's not going to pay you tomorrow. So one of our students were doing a land deal and I'm working with him on it. He got excited and started bringing more. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa one is good enough. It's going to cost you time and money to work on this. Mm-hmm. Thing. You can't throw all your resources and wait three years for money. Right. Well, and one of the things you mentioned in your book is if you're doing multifamily, um, which is that, is that, is, is that considered two or more? So like a duplex up? Yeah. I, I usually say uh, four and up only because in my world, the three is tough to, to uh, do. Yeah. It's just kind of an odd. Good. Yeah. You know, and, and two could actually be, you know, somebody's renting out your basement, but, um, but yeah, for multifamily, one of the things, and I really like this because of course that was one of my other, yeah, but, um, you hire management companies. And so, you know, that's who is actually coordinating with your tenants, you know, making sure that, you know, if they have issues, you know, those are taken care of and, and all of those various things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, If you have, uh, we've even had singles with, with a management company, depending mm-hmm. on who the renter is, if we have some, you know, spotty here and there, we might have a right. regular rental versus mm-hmm. the rent to own. Um, it's just not worth you messing with that. You could be able getting more deals versus trying to babysit, you know, what maintenance needs to be done and all these other right. headaches that can pop up. You don't mm-hmm. need it. You need a layer of, frankly, of privacy mm-hmm. too, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and a management company, I mean, they're very skilled in that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. obviously their specialty. So they have the contacts for the plumbers, the, the appliance repairman, exactly. all those various things. And you're not having to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. So now, you know, as I was reading your book, one of the things that struck me, there's, you know, all these commercials down here in Atlanta and, you know, I'm sure that they're in various places, but there's several of the, the big companies down here that will buy your house. You never have to show it. And I love how they word the commercials. You don't have to do your dishes, make your bed, you know, all those various things. Yeah. And, and as a seller, I mean, that's extremely appealing because I don't have to make my bed, do my dishes, all those various things. And so, of course, what that ends up being is for sale by owner. 
Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, my first thought is, well, wait a minute, that's too good to be true. They're going to offer me, you know, half of what market value is. And I'm assuming, you know, as the seller, you are kind of willing to give up a bit to not have to do your dishes and make your bed. But it's great because, you know, and, and obviously, you know, we don't want to knock any, any realtors out there because, you know, that's, that's a, a great market. But this is, you know, how you do a lot of your business is you find those for sale by owners and do exactly that. You say, hey, you know, we're just going to deal directly with you. You don't have to show your house. You don't have to do your dishes, all those various things. Yeah, we do. So um, the the people that are buying, like the, the rehabbers and the flippers, um, sometimes they're called wholesalers. Mm-hmm. They, they are buying they're, or trying to buy 40 to 60 cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'll talk to a seller and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, you guys are going to offer me. No, no, no. We offer you market value. Let's right. let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So we are different. Um, and, and, and I definitely don't knock the realtors to your point. I was one for 18 years. Mm-hmm. We have realtors that understand what we do. Mm-hmm. And so if a house doesn't fit in their box, so to speak, they right. can't get it done. Like in you their said, mold. somebody with bad credit might be, you know. Bad credit on the buyer side, mm-hmm. seller side. Maybe they owe too much. They can't pay a fee. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. They'll refer them to us. And we. And so it's a cool thing for us to, to um, interact with realtors because I know both sides of that. But yeah, it's pretty simple with us. We go in as investors if we like the home. You, you know, you're not showing it to us 17 times and going through all mm-hmm. kinds of weird inspections. Right. You're just going and you buy it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I loved in your book where you were talking about, you know, if you're getting ready to go do a visit, you ask them questions. You know, do you have a dog in the house? <laughs> you know, is everybody in the house dressed? Yeah. So, which means you've had some situations that probably weren't exactly something you wanted to. I was just going to say that. How do you think I know those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember, you know, when we were selling our house in Colorado talking with the photographer and some of the stories that he told me were just unbelievable. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, and, and of course we see that all the time when we're looking on Zillow on whatever it is, it's like, really, you wanted to have the picture taken like that, Yeah, um, you know, and, and, but, oh yeah, you know, the, the, the stories you could tell. Yep. You bet. No, it can, it can be a little crazy. So we, there's just, once you get in, once you tie into our system, mm-hmm. there's a protocol, you follow it, you know? And I, and I said something earlier and it just made me think of it again about time. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, people set expectations up, right? And you right. mentioned commercials and things mm-hmm. like that. This is going to take time. And, and right. we put it out there that we want people that are committed mm-hmm. to run a business for 36 months minimum without second guessing themselves or looking back because mm-hmm. Anything prior to that, short of that, you're not you're not starting a business to your earlier point when you open the right. show. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just teetering. So I don't want people to say, "I want to try that." All right, no. Mm-hmm. Look at all the free stuff first. Decide mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, and then let's commit to this thing for three years and have an amazing experience financially. You know. You know, and and the process of buying the home takes time too. You know, both from the buyer's perspective and from the seller's. Yeah, and I, that's one of the things that you know they've been. You know, one of the commercials here, we can do it in five days. No, they can't. You know, no. you, because you can't run a title check and I was just gonna all say that. various things. You yeah, know, it, you're spot on. Longer to do that. Yeah. Now it might actually take them five days to look at it and go, okay, we're going to do this. Right. But the process takes longer, um, you know, and, and just as it does when you're buying a house. Um, you know, when we moved here to Atlanta, we almost got ourselves in a bind. Um, we knew that we were moving. Uh, we were being relocated by my husband's employer. It was a great relocation. That was one of the nice things. They were handling a lot of the paperwork. Right. But, you know, we piddle poked around and piddle poked around. And then eventually, you know, it was like, okay, well, we guess we'll sell our house. Well, the people that bought our house literally wanted it in two weeks because they were getting ready to have a baby. 
and and she needed to nest <laughs> and do that all of those things. On. Well, of course, the problem with, now we had the paperwork to the point where where we could probably do it that fast. The problem was we hadn't been to Atlanta to find a house to move into, um, you know, and and so it was one of those things that you know we we had to do very quickly. And and but yeah, normally it's thirty to sixty days when you're when when you're doing something like this. No, yeah, on the buy on the buy side, even if we do terms. By the time you, like you said, run title and just get the basics set up, mm-hmm. at least purchase if the house is empty and they need to, you know, stop paying the mortgage, they, they need debt relief, then that can happen fairly quick, but you didn't buy it. You just do an at right. least purchase. Mm-hmm. That can be, you know, days, but mm-hmm. yeah, on the, on the purchase it takes time. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't know why I just thought of this at this, this point, but one of the things that I really liked reading about in, in your book was that things happen to people. You know, and, and, and sometimes things happen and that's why you end up being able to, to buy their property. But I love the examples that you gave where you had people who were renting to, to, uh, to buy and something happened with them. You know, the, the, you mentioned one gentleman was diagnosed with cancer, you know, just, you know, all these various things. And the way you operate, you're able then to help them. You know, you, you were able to give them, uh, you know, a lesser uh, rent for six months, you know, all these various things. And of course, that's a sound business move. You could have said, no, sorry, you're out the door. Yeah. But then you're going to have to, you know, you, you know, have somebody do paint, re-carpet, clean, all that, put it on the market, do all of those various things, right. which costs you far more than just keeping that good tenant in there to start with. Yeah. And we want to keep in mind now with the tenant buyers, to your point, we want to get them to the finish line. The finish line is they get their own mortgage, they're cleaned up in every way and they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. So if something like that happens, we revisit and say, all right, great, Deb, um, is your intent still, I know you have this curveball, but is your intent in three years still to get Mm -hmm. a mortgage? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So let's work through it morally and ethically so we help you. Mm -hmm. If it's, uh, I had a student today, actually, to this point, sent me um, some information on a, on a call he recorded because the buyers just had a bunch of life events and said to him, you know what? We can't go forward. No matter what you do for us, we're, we're not going to go forward very amicably. Let's show the house mm-hmm. again. You can put another buyer in here. Right. So that happens too. Mm-hmm. But you just got to find yeah, that situations out. Situations change. Yeah. Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which is how you get a lot of your property. Um, you know, people move. They have, you know, like we said, you know, they, they might lose jobs. Divorces, I'm sure, are probably one of the things. We do, we, yeah. We, you yeah. Know? Um, and, and, of course, <clears throat> they want out of it fairly quickly because they want to finish things, you know, or, you know, it's an estate, you know, all of these various things. So you mentioned in your book you have to continually be looking for these opportunities, you know, reading Craigslist, reading the ads, driving around and seeing the signs, you know, all those various things. Yep. Um, I, I would love it when, in the ideal sense, we and students have like all these different funnels of ways leads are coming in, right? right? You mentioned for sale by owners, mm-hmm. this for rent by owners, those are great because you sometimes mm-hmm. get frustrated landlords that say, yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I don't want it anymore. Right. I've just had uh, too many bad renters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bad experiences. So uh, divorce, you mentioned anything that, that is a curveball. Yes, that does help us. Now, to the other side of the coin, there are plenty of properties, and I may have used one in the book, where they're free and clear. There's no mortgage. They're right. not stressed at all, mm-hmm. but it's time to sell, and right. they can wait for their cash. They um, want to move to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, the time to move on or, mm-hmm. or, or downsize or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and they don't need the cash right away. If they can wait for their cash, they're going to do better with us. They're going to get a better price because mm-hmm. we're going to do it over time. Right. You know, and, and it helps them because – 
yeah, they're getting, you know, payments that are, are you know, steady and, you know, and consistent and, and um, you know, and, and so they're able to budget all of those various things. Yeah, some of them do it for um, tax reasons, mm-hmm. estate planning reasons, um, uh, accounting reasons. Mm-hmm. The, the building we're in, the gentleman was advertising it, which is really odd where we live on an island here, three-town island. Very odd to do terms. And he, he was offering it because he had, he's a little bit older and he's got mm-hmm. all kinds of property and didn't want a cash lump sum right now. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty of people out there. Here's a stat for you. Roughly speaking, the United States is about a third of the properties are free and clear, no mortgage. Wow. That's a lot of property. Mm-hmm. That is. Well, and, and I mean, you just figure a lot of people are obviously baby boomers who, you know, may have been in their property for, for long enough to have paid off the mortgage. Right. Um, you know, all of those various things. And, and yeah, I mean, there's uh, th- what that means clearly is that there's a lot of opportunities out there to buy those homes. Yeah. And, and think about it. If they're debt free, meaning no mortgage on their house, I don't mm-hmm. know what else they have, but if they have no mortgage in their house, they probably don't need the cash right away or they would right. have already pulled it out. Mm-hmm. So they're a great candidate for owner financing. Mm-hmm. Just go talk to them. That's it. Right. And we tell, we, t- we tell students how to do that exactly. Right. Yeah. And let's talk about that a little bit because one of the things that, that you talk about is having scripts. And we tell people that, you know, when you're yeah. calling on something, it doesn't matter what your business is. You need to know what you're going to say. Otherwise, you get them on the phone and, you know, you're, well, where's the, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and all these various things. And it's, it's funny. I have a, a friend here in Atlanta who is a realtor who he calls every single person in his database. Doesn't matter when the last time was that he dealt with them once a quarter. Yeah. And, and he has that script and he goes through because 99% of the time he gets somebody's voicemail. And so he's got that, but then he is prepared in case they actually answer the phone and go, well, Hey, you know, how you doing? And the other thing that I I love about what he does, he does it in front of a mirror. So he's talking to someone, especially if he's getting voicemail over and over again, but you talk about it in your book to, to practice it because you're asking people for, you know, to sell what might be their family home, um, you know, all these various things. And so you have your script ready with all of your answers. Are they going to throw you a curveball? Sure. On occasion they might, but you can be prepared. And, and I love you. You tell them, record it and listen to it. Yeah. So I, I was thinking that as you were talking. And so we, we do a few things. We, we provide them the scripts, right? Buyers mm-hmm. and seller scripts. Mm-hmm. We tell them the practice. Sure. We tell them to role play with other students in our, in the groups. We tell them if they can in their state, some you can, some you nuts, you can't. Um, single party consent states, they can record their calls. And if they're a student, we actually critique them. So it's a very fast Mm -hmm. way to learn. And lastly, we have in some of our programs, we have live calls so they can listen to them over and over Ah. and over. Mm -hmm. And that gets them embedded and well ingrained so they can speak it very easily. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I love that you that you do, I mean, you know, obviously, you've got lots of marketing that that you do to, to reach people. And some of it is just picking up that phone and calling. But I love the the mail campaigns that you send that look like somebody wrote it. So yeah. then you're like, Ooh, I got a letter. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then people open it. Yeah, so we teach that people. Okay, so the overhead number I gave you earlier in the mm-hmm. show, five, 600 bucks. Uh, doesn't include mailing. Why? Because if you knew, I don't want you doing it. But right. but once you're more established mm-hmm. and you say, look, I've got the lead flow going, I want to increase or I want to attack this niche of owner uh, right. uh, free and clear homes, mm-hmm. then okay, we talk about doing a, a couple thousand, uh, yellow, we call them yellow letters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yellow letter uh, mailings. 
and they're effective. For every 2,000 or so we do, we get a deal. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. Yeah, because they're, I think you said, you know, about a buck 25 yep. for each one. And so yep. then when you figure it back out, it, it, it still has made you money. Yeah, no question. Oh, oh I do it. It's got to be predictable. I, I, we didn't talk about this yet, but everything we teach is predictable. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you on average, not right. for your market, mm-hmm. how many calls you're going to have to talk to sellers, how many of those to mm-hmm. get an appointment, how many of those to actually get a home under contract, and how many of those to get a check in hand. I mean, I can mm-hmm. tell you the numbers. So then it's just a matter of you saying as a student, okay, I get the numbers. Here's how many I want to do. Therefore, I got to talk to this many sellers. Are right. you willing to do that? Yes mm-hmm. or no? It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. You know, I want X number of dollars per month. Yeah. That means, and, and then you work backwards from there. And yeah. I mean, that's just basic business. You right. know, I know that I have to call on a certain number of people and I'm going to get a 10% response rate, you know, whatever. And if we don't know those, then, you know, we, we need to be figuring those out. Yeah. Because then you don't have a business, you have a job. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you don't know that or you're winging it, that's why I tell the new students, track it. We tell you how to track it. We give you a form to track it. Because if not, you just you literally are just winging it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and again, what I love about what you have is you've got a process that, that is tried and true is probably the, the easiest way to say it. Is it going to vary? Sure. You know, and, and it might vary from state to state, region to region. I mean, you know, if you're in an area that, you know, has, um, has had a big economic downturn, I would imagine Detroit would be a little bit different area than if you were trying Florida, say. But, um, but you know, the, the principles are still the same. Yeah, they are. That's a good point because it works everywhere. It's not, your market's no different. What will vary, Deb, is uh, let's say, I'll pick markets right now that I can think of. If you're in Florida, you may be talking to more people to get a deal done mm-hmm. than if you're in Pennsylvania. I have students right. in both areas, for example. Hmm, so you just got to know the numbers and the math. Mm-hmm. It's not, and people always say, well, what, what do you think about the market? What's the market going to do? Mm-hmm. There is no one market. It's too, there's right. too many pockets of markets mm-hmm. around the country. Well, and, you know, I always love it. It's a buyer's market. It's a seller's market. Yeah. Yeah. Depends. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were really hoping that that Amazon would put its second headquarters here because we thought, ooh, that's going to do a lot for our property values. Yeah. Maybe it would have, maybe it didn't. And, you know, and then Amazon went went elsewhere. Well, what kills me is some people think that's going to be like a, a double or a tripling like overnight. Right. No. Mm-hmm. It, no. it helps. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> well, and, you know, when you have, say, an industry that, that moves into your area, uh, more than likely, they have to build, um, you know, and, and they will be bringing people in, but they're going to hire a lot of people who are already there. I mean, you know, I, I always love it when they say, oh, well, it will bring 20,000 jobs to the area. Well, they'd really like it if a hundred and, well, I'm not going to do it, if 19,900 of those jobs were people who were already there, um, you know, and, and uh, so people who are getting all excited, hey, they're building here. Nah, maybe not so much. Um, obviously, it depends on what they're building. You know, are they having to bring skilled labor in, you know, some things like that. But um, it's, but it, it must be, you know, fascinating from your point of view to see these trends and see how things change. Um, and, but the, I like the way you have it set up. It just kind of consistently goes along. Yeah. So if the market, well, actually, let me comment two things on the, on them building, let's say in the area, let's comment mm-hmm. on that. Remember, they're going to get some people angry at that too, because they're going to be the one that's right outside the window is going to mm-hmm. be this new building and they're mm-hmm. going to want to sell. So there's two right. sides of that coin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm sorry, what was the other piece you said? Because I wanted to comment on that. What was it? The second piece. Um, oh, they, trends, I think. 
Oh yeah, you know it must be fascinating for you to to look at the trends and, and see what's. But you, the way you're set up, your business just goes, you know, pretty much consistently. It's not that the trends swing oh, one way or another. Yeah, so so right now we're we're going to buy the same amount of homes probably next year and probably three years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it, all that changes is that ratio of how many people we're talking to mm-hmm. and how we're buying and how long the term is. Other right. than that, we're going to still do the same amount because it mm-hmm. is predictable. And we just keep trucking uh, trucking mm-hmm. along. Yeah, right. You know, and, and there are certainly trends with, say, baby boomers getting older, you know, that you know, we need houses that don't have stairs yeah. you know, and, and, you know, some things like that. But there is, you know, yes, the baby boomers are getting older, but the millennials and the, is it Gen Z that's behind them? We've run out of numbers. There, there can yeah. be nobody else born, um, you know, and, and they're needing places, whether they're just renting, you know, just flat out renting or renting to own or, you know, all these various things. It, it's not that the population stops. It's just that things change. And they shift. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. So a bunch of those uh, boomers will have, we've done a bunch of these where they have s- several homes. So they're just liquidating and or downsizing and or getting rid of all but one. Right. So mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for us because again, sometimes they don't need or want the cash right away. Right, right. You know, Or they really like the fact that it's going to be staggered out. So again, yeah. you know, it's good for their budget, all of those various things. Yeah, and and not handling it. So they might just want closure. You know, like you said, you got to go through the whole process of I got to prep the home, mm-hmm. I got to show it, I got to deal with that. I mean, we're in the business, and my wife can't stand that. So it's just not <laughs> dealing with having to show the home and do all that stuff for them. That's probably a big issue, right? Well, and especially if it's a decision that is very sad for them. You know, they might be having to move. You know, for for whatever reason. You know, many times it is age, it is health. You know, some things like that. And so, if if you can just come in and say, you know what, you don't have to put away all your doodads. Now you need to eventually put them away because you need to pack them. Yeah. But you know, then you're going on to to something you know that that is hopefully you know going to to work for you. But yeah, you know, to me that was always I hated it the most. The showings, oh, because we have animals, so we have to get yeah. the animals out, and you know all these various things. And and so I see those, you know, signs, see, you know, hear those ads. We'll buy your, and I'm thinking, okay, sign me up. That's yeah, that's what yeah. I want to do. You know what's good for these guys to hear too, the listeners is is um, we're talking about the showings in the homes. We'll mm-hmm. typically go to a home once. Mm-hmm. To to purchase it, and if we if we're gonna buy it on our own finance, we're probably gonna do an inspection. But right. we'll go once, and on mm-hmm. some of them, we don't even have to go because we'll have what we call boots on the ground. It could mm-hmm. be an inspector or right. mm-hmm. a builder or an appraiser. They'll work for us. They'll mm-hmm. go to the house. They'll mm-hmm. produce a report, and they'll send it to us. And I say that because some people do want to do this kind of remotely or or from their right. house. Mm-hmm. Not good on all deals because you'll miss some deals, but you mm-hmm. can do that remotely, and we've done several like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's just a matter of having that trusted partner that's yeah. in that, you know, in that area. And, and yeah, so they do the one in, in inspection visit, you know, um, and yeah, if you've got dirty dishes, that's okay. Um, but, you know, you need to see, okay, is it still structurally sound? Are there issues? There's, you know, another commercial that's going on here in town that's talking about, is your house now slanting down? I'm thinking, okay, that's really not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, these things happen and, and, I think that's one of the things that people don't always understand is, wait a minute, somebody wants to come into our house. Why can't they just buy it? Well, no, it's an investment for them too. You know, and, and they don't want to buy it if it's slanting downwards or needs a whole bunch of work. Now, they might buy it knowing it needs all of those things, but then you know, that's, that's a totally different matter. Well, it is. And, and I will say this, generally speaking, about the tenant buyers we put in our homes and, and that they could eventually do themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're less picky, I guess is the best word, because some of these people, they'll be in tears happy because they thought they could never buy some of these people. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example real quick. Uh, she actually became a student, which is a cool story. But she called us, um, she had in vitro treatments, and this went on for like a while, and it cost six figures. Oh, yeah. Lots of money. Yeah. Lots and lots of money. Yeah, and it caused her to go through bankruptcy. Now, mm -hmm. luckily, she had a business that was producing good cash flow, so that's a great example of what I said to you earlier. What caused it? Okay, right. fine. Now I can wait. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's actually a very valid reason. Mm -hmm. Now, they ended up buying a rent-to-own home, uh, rent home with us, have mm -hmm. already cashed it out. They ended up selling one of their other homes with us on terms, mm -hmm. and then they became a student and they've done several deals. That's wow. kind of a cool story. So <laughs> she's worked the buy, the sell, and now she's a student because she loved mm -hmm. it so much. Right. You know, and, and again, it's not that you're putting you know, $100,000 into this. Um, right. You know, and and <clears throat> that is one of the things you mentioned in your book is, you know, in many cases, people will say, okay, I've been laid off. I've, you know, I, I want to start a side business, you know, side mm -hmm. hustle, the, the new, you know, in phrase for, for right now. Yeah. And so they want to buy a franchise, you know, and okay, that's great because they're thinking all the marketing's done for me, all these various things. Well, those ain't cheap. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and in, in many cases, they are a heck of a lot of work, um, you know, and, and so what I like about, you know, what you're talking about, it's still a lot of work. But there's not that $100,000 that you're putting into it or, you know, whatever franchise price, price, price might be. Yeah, it's the cost of those. But, and I'm not poo-pooing those, but it's the cost well, of those. Of those and it's also the, people, obviously. Yeah, and it's the ongoing, though. They've got all kinds of fees. Right. Uh, I, I've looked into several and never pulled the trigger, for, mainly for that reason. By the time you get done all your fees, your NOI is just ridiculously tight. Now, mm -hmm. think about the NOI, by, by the way, the net operating income. If you're looking at a business like we're doing, remember I said mm -hmm. earlier, the three paydays runs mm -hmm. 45,000 to 110. Right. Well, think about that. Now, what do we say you're putting up for a deposit? 10, maybe 100? Right. 10 so that's kind of an infinite return. 10,000. Yeah. $10. Yeah. So that return's crazy. That's an, it's almost infinite. Right. And, and that's basically, I'm assuming you have to put some money to actually make it a transaction. Um, if you purchase, that's a good point. So if you do lease purchase, you're putting mm -hmm. nothing else up after the $10. But mm -hmm. if you're buying owner financing, Mm -hmm. and you're asking the seller to accept no money down mm -hmm. up front from you, well, you've got to probably count on paying their tax stamps if your state, which most mm -hmm. do, charges mm -hmm. tax stamps to transfer that property. Okay. So if it's a two or $300,000 house, the seller typically might pay, you know, call it 800 to 1800 in tax stamps. We might pay that, and that would be our quasi down payment. It's mm -hmm. not a lot of money. Right. And you'll have that already because you're putting a tenant buyer in the home that's putting up money. So you're mm -hmm. usually not out of pocket, even mm -hmm. if you do that. Right. And and again, it's a matter of knowing your figures. You know, if you know you're going to have to put up eight hundred, well then you need a down payment of a thousand from them. You know, you don't want seven hundred because then you're in the hole. <laughs> yeah. Or a whole or a whole lot more even. But yes, absolutely mm -hmm. gotta make sure you're covered. Yep. Right. So you'll negotiate that with the seller. You'll say, well, you know, I maybe can give you this, but you, you mm -hmm. full well know that's coming from your tenant buyer. Right. Yeah. And it, it is also, you need to be reasonable about this. You know, it's not, okay, I have to pay 800. So I'm going to make you put down a deposit of 8,000. Well, if they could do that, they might be just, you know, buying, you know, doing a regular mortgage or, or something like that. Well, you may, okay, you made me think of something else very important to that point. So people will say to us, well, wait a minute. If the, if the buyer is buying this home for, we just did one for $639,000. Mm -hmm. why, can't, why can't they um, buy a home a regular mortgage? Look, right. post-2008, like I did, 
people in executive jobs get hurt too. This right. is not just the first time buyers. Yeah, their credit took hits. Yep. And so here's a good example. This gentleman's doing a house with us for six thirty nine nine. He makes lots of money, more than enough to afford the house. Mm-hmm. And so why can't he go buy it mortgage wise? He never understood credit. He's mm-hmm. new to the country, say eight years ago, and so now he doesn't have bad credit. He has no credit. Mm. It's time to build it. And mm-hmm. with the right coaching, we send him to the right people. Mm-hmm. He'll build a nice credit and then he'll close on that house. Well, that's a perfect buyer. He already mm-hmm. he has good income. He has no credit, no bad credit. Right. Well, that's great. So it's not just the lower end. And by the way, to get in a home, it's similar to buying. They're going to put somewhere between 3 and 10% down. Or if they don't, we just have a glorified renter and we don't do rentals. Nothing wrong with it. We just don't mm-hmm. do them. Right. You know, and you mentioned no credit. I mean, no credit is a good thing also, you know, for, for people who have that. I mean, it means they might not have credit cards. They might not have, you know, those, those you know, student loan debts that we talked about. Right. All these various things. But yeah, it means they have no credit or their credit is very low, um, you know, because, I mean, that's part of what credit looks at. You know, have you had these debts that you've paid off? I mean, all yeah. those various things. And if not, we'll help them build it. So that's a good thing. This gentleman's a great example of that. You know, and that I think is what I've seen maybe some of the millennials is they they don't have credit card debt. You know, they don't have some of those things because they have been, you know, pretty, pretty frugal with their money. But again, it means they don't have credit. Yeah. You know, I, I don't agree with this, this, this piece I'm going to say now, but it's unfortunate necessary evil right now in society. And that is people check credit for almost everything now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, they check app- credit for jobs, you know, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And it's hurting people. So mm-hmm. you do want to know how to do that. And the people we use, I think everybody in our family has gone through it. Why? Because mm-hmm. you can always get better credit. If right. you have 680 credit and you go get a loan, great. But guess what? If you have 780, you're mm-hmm. going to get a better rate, mm-hmm. you're get a better term. So why not enhance it? Right. Everyone listening can do that. Forget mm-hmm. forget being an investor right now for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Just go and enhance your credit, credit anyway. Make sure that, yeah. it, that it's good and, and do what you can to enhance it. And yeah. you know, for some people, that might actually mean that you get a credit card. Um, you know, yes, and, and, and then of course the important part is that you pay that off every month. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the important thing there is, is, you know, you're not getting that credit card like, oh gosh, you know, hello, raise my hand. You know, yeah. when, when I got out of college and got the credit card, it was like, oh, let's see how fast we can run it up. Well, that was not a good thing to do. Um, but yeah, you know, you get that credit card, you establish that you're going to, to pay it off on a timely manner. And, and that's what gives you good credit. Yeah. And if you want to drive your score up, keep it below a third, keep it below 33%. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have a 10 grand line, you want to keep that below 3,300, it'll drive your credit score up. Right. Right. Because you're managing it and they, it shows and that's what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not all that difficult, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, as, as we've said, there have, there are things that, that come up that, you know, might ding your credit, um, you know, but it, it's fixable. And the, the important thing is to fix that and, and get it taken care of as, you know, as, as fast as you can. Yeah, we actually teach on this very note, we teach the investor students um, how to set up uh, proper lines mm-hmm. uh, of credit and then second, secondarily, how to then establish business credit. Right. So it's not your social security mm-hmm. number, it's your business entity mm-hmm. right back to your first point when you open the show. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and just because you have those lines of credit doesn't mean that you need to use them. Um, you know, that's the other thing is that's, that's another thing is, you know, get those. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's as Chris just said, set it up as that business. You know, you're not using your own personal credit to do it. And so you're going to have obviously some, some expenses right there at the start. 
but get that set up to protect yourself. You know, you don't want to lose your own house, um, you know, and, or your cars, all these various things. Set it up as a business because, again, you know, I want to be writing a check to, you know, a, a, a business entity as opposed to Chris Fontaine himself. Because then I'm yeah. thinking, wait a minute, what about that? And, and you mentioned BBB. I mean, you've got that as an example in your book where you lost a deal because somebody looked at him and went, wait a minute, you know, I don't even remember the BBB. Therefore, you must not be real. I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And, and so obviously now, well, not just us, but every time we learn a lesson like that, we pass it along to the students. Right. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and it might be that what you do is you join your, your chamber of commerce, trade yeah. associations, things like that. You know, you don't have to be BBB, but you need to, to establish that you're a good corporate citizen is maybe. Yeah, be out there, be out there. Well, Chris, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you mentioned at the start of the program that virtually your entire family works with you. What is that like? You know, it's, it, in many cases, I would think it would be absolutely fascinating, but what is it like to, to work with your family? No, it's pretty cool because everybody's got a vested interest, number one. Number two, the level of commitment is through the roof. I don't know if you – I'm sure there are people out there that work that way, but but it's odd when it's not family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone is uh, – we've been asked this a lot. Everyone's on kind of an incentive, meaning if we do deals, great. If we mm-hmm. don't, then it's not like everybody's got a free ride. No one does. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have employees uh, mm-hmm. also. They obviously have to be on some kind of a pay structure, but mm-hmm. we're all on uh, just per deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's fun. You know, and it's, I would, yeah, I would think that it would be fun um, to, to be working with your family to have that. And, and what I like is they each have very specific roles that fit with their expertise. Um, you know, and, and I like that because, you know, so many times we see somebody who brings in son, daughter, nephew, niece, whoever it is, yeah. because they have to. Right. And it's not a good fit. You know, so there are times where it's okay for them to, to go work somewhere else. Yeah, the, you said two things that that uh, apply to us. One is the roles; they kind of just organically happen. And the second is we didn't, we, nobody was made to because we we kind of just went organically. Meaning they asked us to come in, right. and they the roles kind of take form. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, they're always evolving, and they mm-hmm. end up falling right. into the right you know the right categories mm-hmm. of where everybody likes doing what they're doing. Well, Chris, we've got about five minutes left. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about, you know, because the, the tips that you've got um, and in your book and in your classes, clearly people can learn anywhere. You know, there's yeah. a variety of different resources. But tell us specifically how, you know, what someone would get if they were to, to work with you. Yeah, so that what they can do, I'll, I'll walk you through kind of with a, just a few minutes we have, kind of a protocol, if you will. So in addition to the book, it's not a catch-all like you said. It's, it's, a, it's to supplement anything else you're looking at that we have. Um, but they can, if they want to deal with listening to me for another hour, they can go to a free webinar, and that's going to give them some more examples. Like you and I talked verbally about it, but this is going to give you examples and deal breakdowns, and mm-hmm. it's free. So you get a whole hour of, hmm, is this something I want to delve deeper into? Mm-hmm. If they do, there's an online academy. And the online academy has, man, it's 60 plus videos. It's 90 wow. different things in there. There's audio uh, and there's 10 modules. And that walks them through the whole business. And the question we get all the time is, yeah, but does it tell me like how to set things up? And, and mm-hmm. like you and I talked earlier, and the answer is yes. It's right. A through Z. It's mm-hmm. us saying, here's how we operate. Here's how you can operate. That comes with email support. It comes with mm-hmm. phone calls from us. So it's pretty hands-on. We're all about doing deals, Deb, versus just selling product. If we wanted to right. sell product, we could probably... <laughs> cut that course up into 10 different things. You know, it's not, it's about you getting deals done in the field. And, and obviously if they want to listen to the, to the podcast, they can look, listen to that as well. Cause that's going to give them a variety of, 
different th- different deals and different things to do. And I'm happy to give. Um, if you want me to talk about that book link, I can yeah. give a, a free. So book. We're going to show the book again. Ta-da-da. For those who are watching as opposed to listening, I'm holding the book up to the the camera. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's on Amazon. But but I'll what I'll do is I'll give you a a, a link. It's simple. It's free. F R E E. And then S R E C for Smart Real Estate Coach. Mm-hmm. Free S R E C book. Dot com and I do mean with shipping. So I know we got the listeners are probably used to go get my free book and they go in and they got to put their credit card in for shipping. We will pay for the shipping. It's free. Just just note that you're on Deb's show and you get the book for free. Right. You know, and and as I said, it's it's a a fast read. And I think you know from my perspective, what I got out of it was it really is a way to figure out. Okay, is this something that I think I want to do mm-hmm. and explore more? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it answers a lot of the basic questions, as we mentioned, a lot of the yes, buts, the yes, but yeah. it takes too much time. Yes, but it takes too much money, you know, all of those various things. Um, and, but again, then it is going to take time to learn how to do this. Now it can be a side business. It can be your full business, you know, it can be something you're doing because you retired all of those various things. But I, I love learning about this because like I said, I had absolutely no knowledge about this, um, would I do it? I don't know. It's you no, know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is fascinating to me to, to, to read this. And, and I think it was very, very interesting. Well, I appreciate it. And if somebody wants to just mention uh, your show, if they end up getting what we call a free strategy call, we give that with a webinar. If they end up getting that, just let them know that the, to put in that they're on your show and I'm happy to chat with them. Great. You know, and, and it is something that I'm sure people, you know, they, they still have the yes, but questions, um, you know, and, and all of those various things. And, and, for some people, you probably are going to talk them out of it. And that's okay too. <coughs> Excuse me. It just means it wasn't a right fit right then. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's because there's no sense of, again, dipping your toe in to try something mm-hmm. for 30 or 60 days. It's do your free due diligence, decide if you want to do it, and then run. Right. Well, Chris, what wisdom would you like to leave our listeners and our viewers? You know what? Uh, whether it's real estate or it doesn't matter what it is that you're interested in, because I know you, you deal with a variety of different topics. Um, just know this or take this approach, um, find out whatever that niche is, real estate or not, mm-hmm. and then find a mentor in whatever it is that you're looking we to do. We didn't talk about mentors and the importance of them. That's okay. I, so I'll try to hit it now from a 10,000 mm-hmm. foot view. And then make sure they're still doing what it is that you want to do though. Uh, mm-hmm. Real estate even it magnifies this, but you've got to have someone that's still doing what you want to do. If they're current with what you want to do, mm-hmm. then do what I said earlier, put the blinders on for three years. Mm-hmm. So whether it's our niche or someone else in real estate's niche or another business. Just find a mentor because success leaves clues and it's been done. Just go find them and latch on to them. Right. You know, and in your book, you talk about masterminds and, and all sorts of just very good business strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, masterminds are important. Uh, I belong to masterminds that are outside of real estate mm-hmm. for, for that reason. You get clear, fresh perspective. Right. Well, Chris, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Uh, they can just go to smartrealestatecoach.com. There's a contact button there. There's a support button and phone numbers there. And they can also go to smartrealestatecoachpodcast.com. And um, again, I'm happy to interact with them just to have them mention the show. Perfect. I love it. Well, Chris, any final words you want to leave with our listeners and our viewers? Uh, no, on the mentor uh, thought though, just know that you can do it. This is not brain science. It's very predictable. I know we d- jumped into a lot of stuff we threw right. at them, but it's not brain science. You can do it if you choose to do it. Yeah. And I think that maybe is the, the thing I want to leave people with was I started, as I said, thinking, oh my gosh, this is complicated. This is too hard. This is too, all of those various things. And after even just, you know, chatting with you and, and reading the book, I thought, 
this is doable. This is, is something yeah. you know that that really isn't going to, you know, I, I, I was I was all prepared to tell you I just fried my brain reading your book, and it was like no, I didn't. <laughs> it was it was something that was was very good. I'm glad you enjoyed. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I have been having a wonderful time talking with Chris Prefontaine. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.